fair to say you simply flooded the system with money? Yes, we did. That's another way to think about it. We did. Where does it come from? Do you just print it? We print it digitally. Look at what it means. This is why I'm saying, like, this is a lie that's been purported by Walt. The lowest rates, everything gets better all of a sudden. Uh, it just doesn't work that way. What about hard work? What about it? You work hard? Gods were like 30 to 1 against me. Yeah, I mean, there are very few people that, from my neighborhood, you know, in my environment, that make it out, uh, I mean, forget about being to be successful, to make it out alive. Top of the top, the guys is back. Big week. Uh, just trading places. It's your host, X. I'm here with my guys, She. What's going on? I'm here with Twan. Yo, what up? And we got a guest today, a uh, great brother that we're bringing back uh, for a second time. He joined us uh, really right when this had just started. Uh, my brother, Austin Clark, uh, founder of the Howard Blockchain Lab. And uh, he got a new venture. Uh, we want him to definitely tell us more about that as well. Um, but thanks, you know, thanks for coming by, Austin, and tapping in with us. Absolutely. Great to be here. Yeah. How y'all feeling this week? Uh, especially since we don't have a president yet. <laughs> like Dude. right now, they're saying that Pennsylvania may uh, finish up the tally and have news for us um, at noon. Like, I know we're on a podcast and we're supposed to be talking, but it's like, it's so unbelievable. I, I can't even get words out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is crazy. Trump is saying that, that Biden should not claim victory. He said, because he could do that too. It's kind of the worst case scenario for how things could have gone, right? It's for it to look like Trump was about to win and then him not to win. That's kind of like the scenario we didn't want to have happen. A lot of for, people for like for like you know order, right? Right. A lot of people were betting on betting websites, <laughs> election night, right? And if you looked at the swings towards Trump, you would have thought he had it in a bag. Because people were betting heavily on Trump, so on sites like Betfair, and one of the one of the betting sites crashed. Hmm. Right, and Trump comes out and said, "We're going to win this thing," <laughs> you know. And the markets, the markets were paying attention to the to the to the betting markets, the no. stock market. They were paying attention to the betting markets, hey, and so I- they started to bid up futures contracts on the S and P. It was just it was going up like four percent in the day, like it was crazy, and it was it's not like we got certainty, so it's like, what's going on? I think, I think in this election, and this happens all the time, people under underestimated uh, the power of the black vote. <laughs> yeah, you know, like a place like Georgia, right? He should have had it in the bag, but. You know, the black vote came through from Atlanta and a couple other cities. And man, homeboy has to be tight. Same thing with Michigan. Detroit came through. Like Pennsylvania was Philadelphia. That's where you have these big concentrations of black voters that, you know, him telling them that he's going to give them the platinum package isn't going to be enough. I mean, we all know that was bullshit anyway. Like, come on, this this is the same dude 
who won't who can't even give us another stimulus check he's gonna give black people 500 billion dollars let's be yeah, real man he called out joe biden for pandering but then he takes pictures with lil wayne come on <laughs> come on man <laughs> i thought that was, i guess i was supposed to swing the the, the vote the black vote mm-hmm. When you Somebody remember, we was talking, I was talking about this. I said, "Yo, Georgia might flip blue." I don't know when, but when I had read in Bloomberg a couple of weeks ago that over one million new voters had moved to the state of Georgia, and they came from largely Democratic states, it it let me know the direction that Georgia was headed, and it's only a matter of time <laughs> before they start flipping these Senate seats. I mean, we're headed to a runoff, right? That can control the balance of, of, of the um, of the Senate. We have two runoffs coming up in Georgia. States like Georgia need that though, because like when you you think about like isn't Stone Mountain Georgia in Georgia when the Ku Klux Klan was founded? Yeah, like, they that's they like, need like, that type of change. <laughs> yeah, that's it's close. They they need that type of change. It, it, they definitely need that type of change. They need somebody down there. To be like, look, like this shit ain't okay. Like, <laughs> you would, this is unacceptable. Like, yo, we're citizens, and we shouldn't have to be living in fear because uh, of your old world views. Yeah, shit's fucked up. Uh, Austin, wh- what were you seeing on the ground out there in DC? You know, what were you hearing? Did you did you feel as if like Biden had a shot? Like, what was your what was your sentiment going into Tuesday? Honestly, to be real with you, man, I was, I really expected Trump to like take it, take it, you know, take it home like easily. Like by Wednesday, I figured it would be done because of like the way the electoral college is set up. Um, I definitely expected there to be delays, you know, since there were so many mail-in ballots. But like, shoot, man, since Wednesday, it seemed like Biden, you know, he just kept knocking down these states and... I mean, it's pretty much over now at this point. Like, I mean, I'm sure Trump, he has all these lawsuits and whatnot. He's going to fight tooth and nail to hold it, hold on as long as he can. But, and also like the markets are kind of reacting in that, in that light too. So, um, yeah, it's been interesting just kind of like watching all that happen and how different markets react to it. But I mean... Yeah, that's all I can really say about it. Yeah, I mean, going into election night, like right before market closed, obviously I added protection to my portfolio just in case some wild shit happens. But it appears that the markets have responded favorably to this like gridlock administration that may be happening where it wasn't a clean blue wave sweep. But we have Biden, you know, as president. And I think ultimately what people wanted was a little bit more certainty because there was so much uncertainty. And we saw we saw equities boom on Wednesday. We saw stocks boom on Thursday. They tempered a little bit on Friday. But there were certain sectors that were moving like cannabis. Remember, I had been pounding the table on that. We saw the result of that. I'm not here to pat myself on the back, but going. Hey, go ahead and go ahead and pat yourself go on ahead, the back. Because <laughs> honestly, bro, shit, I'm gonna pat myself on the back too because 
<laughs> I made some cannabis plays on. Um, it was Monday that I had talked to you. Yeah, I made some cannabis That's true. plays on, That's true. on Monday, bro. And those were the right moves, bro. Thank you. Because you know what I'm saying. Because <laughs> like Kamala Harris said that she's going to legalize um, recreational marijuana usage in one of the debates. So yeah. we saw the markets cannabis like hot. Yeah, yeah. What I do you do what do you do when the states are broke? <laughs> when the states are broke, you got to start legalizing stuff or getting the one full blown with it or drugs. Oh, they they do heroin, heroin, all heroin. huh? So they like Oregon. All drugs. Yeah, in Oregon, they, nah, they went to bro. Portugal route. <laughs> bro, heroin? Hell no. That's, <laughs> That's mad. It's legal now. Like like it's decriminalized. So, hey, but you know what? In a world of homelessness and economic trouble, let's legalize everything. That's a fact. I mean, look, this is what's going to happen. And this is why I started to position my portfolio in cannabis back in the summer. If we have, if we're in the middle of economic turmoil and it doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. Twan taught me this. Matter of fact, when I was a pup, I was like 18, 19. He said, yo, the dependence of drugs increases rapidly during times of economic depressions. But this is the thing, though, the flip side to it. Um, they, they have studies that show, like, in places where they legalize all drugs, like, it lowers drug use. That's true. We saw that. Um, matter of fact, I read a book a couple years ago, Narconomics. Look it up for anybody who wants to check it out on Amazon. Um, or wherever you get books. But I read a book called Narconomics that mentioned this, that the key to winning the war on drugs were to decriminalize drugs. Yeah. So, so I, could, I, get the help. I, I do. I, I did hear that they are going to put some of that money into rehabilitation. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's redistribu- it is redistributing funds. Um, mm. Okay. So now nah, we'll see how it works. It's a it's an experiment. I, you know, I'm kind of being, you know, just because it is like, all right, it's kind of things are kind of bad right now. We really is this the time? You know what I mean? Is this yeah. the time to just flip yeah. the switch on it? You know what I'm saying? But we'll see what happens. Yeah, and my approach to cannabis really wasn't based off of uh, Kamala, for the record, because. Joe Biden has always said he's for decriminalization, but not legalization. That may change now. I'm, I'm not sure. The verdict is still out. It was based off of New Jersey. And here's why New Jersey matters so much. It's literally neighbors to New York and Pennsylvania. Yeah. And so I knew that if this, you know, the residents of New Jersey approved cannabis, for full adult use legalization, that was going to have a domino effect. What happens 24 hours after, what, less than 24 hours after it comes out that New Jersey passed legal weed? Cuomo, governor of New York, says, we're going to look to get legislation passed so we can legalize it by April 2021. The same thing is going to happen for Connecticut because they don't want people leaving their state to go get products in another state and they're not collecting any of that revenue. That's why a year ago, 
they all had this like conference amongst themselves, this summit where all the governors from, um, from PA, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey all met up because they wanted to create a standardized framework for legalized cannabis. You just got to pay attention to what's happening. It's politics as usual, but you know, um, Arizona legalized. We had South Dakota legalized medical, and we had um, I forget the other state. But it's only a matter of time, man. It's only a matter of time before we start to see it sweep across the nation. Because, like she said, how do you make up money? You got to find that bread somewhere. <laughs> so we're, we're broke. We're broke. We're, broke. we're pretending like we can actually tax it. And to and pay it, but you have to do it. You have to try something. You have to so, try something. So you know all the, the all the vices that are probably not the best for society to do that we tax the disincentivize people to do it. Um, all of that stuff is going to become legal, and the government's going to be like, "All right, we'll take our cut. We got to take our cut because we need the money." Yeah. Last last week, I literally said <laughs> I'm positioned. The way I'm constructing my portfolio is gambling, gaming, cannabis, and crypto. And what do we see boom this week? <laughs> All of them. All of, I'm not claiming to be no profit, but Florida comes out, and some guy from Florida comes out and said, I'm going to be introducing a, a bill on sports betting. We saw a clean sweep in sports betting this week. Maryland approved sports betting. Louisiana approved sports betting. So they're about to put Vegas in everybody's pocket. And I, I don't, I'm not about to go into this too much because we already know about it, but it's happening. And you have yeah. to make up that bread somewhere. It's about to be quiet for Vegas. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Why would I... Not... Hey. Talk about it. I mean, the ability to, to sports bet anywhere... Like what? Is, what do you need Vegas for? Besides, like going there to, to cast a nice fight. Atlantic City two point mm. <laughs> A lot of tourists. So many people about to go to Jersey. I can. <laughs> you know, I just, just imagine if they decide to merge that with like blockchain. So now, like, you can visit a digital. Uh, we call it c- casino, where you can put your sports betting on. Sports betting kiosks are popping up now. DraftKings is strategically placing kiosks outside of stadiums. Yeah, we don't have no fans right now. But just wait till fans can start coming back to those arenas. They're going to make so much bread off of live bets at these kiosks. It's going to take time. Um, in bigger news, well, I don't, look, this is the biggest news to me. Square, did any of y'all see Square Q3 earnings? Yeah, man, they're killing it. Over 50% of their revenue from Q3 came from Bitcoin. But didn't we say this could possibly happen like earlier, like an earlier episode? Yeah, we said this six months ago. You yeah. said, I got to salute you. Let me tip my hat off to you. You called out Square. Yeah. Early. Now, we all said pay attention to Jack Dorsey and the moves he's making with Cash App because we see in our friends, I don't. Nobody sends me Venmo anymore. Well, it's the future of banking, man. And, yo, everybody has a falling line, PayPal and Venmo. They, have to they take all do. Yep. Yes, sir. 
I know I use Square a lot, <laughs> a ton. It's way better than Venmo and PayPal. I, it would be crazy if Square buys out BitPay. That would be like the fir- perfect merger. That's a good call, bro. <laughs> yeah, that is a good call. Yeah, write that one down. I can <laughs> see that uh, happening. <laughs> yeah, I could too. I, could I mean, too. BitPay is probably, but Square's power is about to increase even more. Now, the only reason why I could see why Square could buy out something like BitPay is the vendors like that Square has and BitPay has and just bringing that together. Like, so you can take both cash and crypto. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah, that's how they get other, that's probably how they get other coins and that somebody's already gone through the trouble of dealing with that. Yeah. Because if a bank, a regular bank like Bank of America decides to do that, they're not going to necessarily know how to integrate that into the, the yeah. system. Yeah, one, and the, right. the second thing that I'm thinking about is they may not have uh, the vendors willing to take it. Like they'll be like, because a lot of them might be older vendors. So they'll be like, yo, why the hell do I need this? Yeah. Whereas Square already have the infrastructure. Right. That's true. And Square has a good percentage of small businesses in America. Yeah, man, they they they're really like taking over. So in terms of market cap, they're now bigger than Goldman Sachs. Mm. Whoa! So what? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. In terms of market, in terms of market cap, they are bigger than Goldman Sachs. Square is like over eighty billion in market cap now, and Goldman Sachs is sixty nine billion. Well, Yo, I think crazy, bro. The thing with Square as a whole is like, it knows how to get the small vendors, like the mom and pop shops, the farmer's market, all of that. Like, yeah. And the funny thing about it is Goldman Sachs, their whole paper about Bitcoin is not an asset class that came out at the end of May. Mm-hmm. Fast forward six months later, that's hilarious. Yeah, Look yeah, at those now. Yeah, that's probably crazy. looking at the crypto market and was like, man, that's when we knew we fucked up. <laughs> you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, damn. They fucked up big time. Yeah. They fucked up big time. The but, ones that didn't hop on, they gonna pay later. Yeah. And the ones that hop on first, they'll pay now. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but going through the earnings report, man, it was just insane. Like, okay, so a month ago we talked about how Square initiated a position using some of their cash balance on their balance sheet. Um, they bought $50 million worth of Bitcoin. They stated that that position is now worth $74.8 million. They've already made a 50% profit. Let's go. And they probably use leverage too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not, but I don't know. But, and then we see that Bitcoin made up 80% of their revenue for this quarter. Their total Q3 revenue was $3 billion, right? And that was a 140% increase from last year. So they're growing. But of that, of that $3 billion, Bitcoin accounted for $1.63 billion because people are betting on Bitcoin through Cash App. So we now have more on-ramps. Three years ago, Everybody in the States mostly went to Coinbase, um, Kraken. And if you didn't have a bank account, you went to a Bitcoin ATM. That was a very, very small percentage. 
Yo, what's listed on BitPay? Um, now, now, because my my mind is going to like, can you imagine what happens for crypto mid cycle when Square, if Square were to buy something like BigPay mm-hmm. and then just roll out all of those coins to all the people who just made money on Bitcoin? Can you imagine what happens to those coins in that scenario? BitPay has a lot of small, you know, uh, merchants. So Tuan is right that if they were to merge, they can dominate. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look at that a lot. Off and accept it as a um, as a uh, form of payment. Yeah, so I, I'm looking at the coins on on BitPay. It's Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, and Ripple. Okay, so just a few more coins. But I could see them listing more coins as things take off. Uh huh. And for acceptance. Yeah, for acceptance, definitely. Um, also, I could I could see if they decide to go through with a merger of that, I could see Congress completely overlooking something like that. Yeah, because they're not gonna they're, they're not gonna look at it as a threat. Yo, we we might see in these next like. I'll, I'll say like four to, to five years, like the Bitcoin super PACs. Because <laughs> like, people trying to like figure out ways to get around the taxes. And it, they're tired. You have a lot of money running through it and they don't want to be taxed like crazy. And didn't Square win a, um, a banking charter earlier this year? Mm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, so did Ave. Yeah, shout that's out. True. <laughs> shout out to the boy. Ave's in London though. Yeah, they're Square in has a US. We're, we're talking the US and they also make a lot of money off Square Capital, which is their lending arm. They could potentially start lending crypto to people to further adoption. Saying yeah. we'll give you more on top of it if you know if you if you that's, accept Bitcoin as your line of credit or crypto as your line of credit. That's why I kind of Keep keep thinking like yo, DeFi in terms of like this next bull run is going to get so crazy because it's gonna be DeFi projects we never even heard of that somebody like Square has the ability to like you know donate to the project and make it run a lot smoother and get a lot better because they're like yo, we're gonna put these uh, these advisors on your board because this is how you really need to run it. Like, well. Okay, I disagree on just a tidbit. One, we already seen DeFi had a crazy run up earlier this summer. Two, do you think that, I mean, at the end of the day, Square is centralized finance. It's not decentralized. Yeah, but you got to think about it with DeFi. You know, the run up that we saw wasn't because people were actually using DeFi. Oh, it was just spec- speculative. It was a lot of speculation, man. The, the projects weren't even ready yet. Yeah. I hate now. I think it was a mix. Yeah, I think it was a mix. You have, I think you have a lot more legitimate stuff than you had the last cycle. Yeah, but it's still a lot of illegitimate projects, and you still have a lot of scams, and it's still like the wild west. So, um, it takes a different level of sort of research that most people won't do. Um, so I sort of just I would say like if you really don't understand things it's probably best not to invest in them 
because yes. you run the risk of running into that pool of stuff is dangerous, right? But this, but this is a legitimate world. Oh, and did um, you see the guy that um that got caught? He got jammed up. He was uh I forgot what it was. He was making a hundred and twenty dollar transaction, and he spent twenty three ether in fees. Huh? Yes. Yes. Hold up. Say that one more time. The guy, <laughs> there was there was a there was a young man who was trying to make a transaction on um I forget what it I forget what it was a Uniswap. He was a Uniswap trader. He spent ninety five hundred in fees in Ethereum on a hundred and twenty dollar transaction. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, but it, it happened. He was being impatient, and he accidentally paid more than twenty three ether. To execute a trade for one hundred twenty dollars on a on a uh, on a decentralized exchange, because he just raised he maximized the gas. So you you got to be careful out there. Like this shit still needs mature. Remember that was a big reason why I didn't touch Uniswap was because the fees were ridiculous. Now we're seeing the fees in Ethereum come down a little bit, but they were getting no D. Uh, Austin, did you did you did you touch any of the DeFi projects this summer? I invested in them. I didn't like stake. I didn't do any yield farming um, yeah. because I was just trying to like build projects with it. Then I was just investing in it. But like, I will say generally though, that like stuff that is new, obviously it is like risky and it's shaky. But I think that like this whole conversation of investing, it's like, there's two different types of like groups. Well, there's definitely more, but like, I just like to think about it in two. And it's like people who, if you, like, are listening to this and it's like, bang, you have excess capital that you can invest, like, the advice that I, or what I do is more risky because, you know what I'm saying, I've saved, I put my money in different silos, so it's like, bang, this money right here, I know that if it disappeared tomorrow, you know, I'd still be able to pay my bills, take care of myself, my family, etc. Now, like, that being said, because something is really, really risky, like I'm at the point where it's like, yo, I look, I want to try it. I want to get in there because it's that risk to reward. And like, when I think about the people that I know um, that became crypto millionaires, they was doing like, like they was working with sketchy pro- projects, <laughs> but with a lot of money, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's my goal. You know what I'm saying? No guts, no glory, huh? Yeah. Um, but like, I think one thing that's interesting about DeFi and going back to what y'all was saying is like, yeah, it's still new and it's still evolving. I think DeFi is going to evolve faster yeah. than like crypto evolved in terms of just like adoption one and also user interface, you feel me? And fees getting lower. Um what I'm really interested to see is what, you know, Ethereum 2.0 does to DeFi because the way that um, certain functions within DeFi yeah. are, you know, constringent on like, you know, things happening in one transaction, you know what I'm saying? Or um, multiple things happening before a transaction occurs. Yeah. So when we get into like staking and whatnot and, um, you know, different partitions of the blockchain, that's going to affect certain fundamental things like 
um, are in the DeFi ecosystem. So, but at the same time, Ethereum can just boom, right? With Ethereum 2.0, the price could just boom. And then as the price booms, all the products that are associated with it, right, could also see uh, an influx yeah. in investment. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah. I want to see DeFi boom. Don't get me wrong. Because the more that these projects is built on Ethereum booms, the more Ethereum booms. Yeah. Right? I, I've always said I, can, I look at Ethereum the same way that I look at a company like Salesforce. Salesforce moat is that it's so powerful because all these tools are built on top of it, are integrated with it. Yeah. And it's hard to break away from that ecosystem. Because they built the ecosystem. They are the center of it. So it's like the stronger their, their entities are that are linked in with it, the stronger they will become. And um, yeah, Ethereum definitely needed DeFi for sure. Yeah. I mean, but the then the other thing is like, that, and the, there's this symbiotic relationship with Ethereum and Bitcoin. Although I'm not 100% sure how much Bitcoin, I mean, how much Ethereum does for Bitcoin, but Bitcoin does so much for Ethereum and not just like, in terms of the price and like if Bitcoin goes up, everything goes up, but like the technology, oh. all the technology that is going into like making Bitcoin, like trying to help Bitcoin like scale, that technology is like, that's what's been going into Ethereum 2.0. Mm-hmm. All that new stuff that was developed, like Lightning Network, all that stuff, we're seeing elements of that in Ethereum 2.0. So it's like, they can learn from the mistakes that Bitcoin made. So like Ethereum is like a little brother who will ultimately go farther. And that's why I'm always like, I'm pro Ethereum in terms of my investment, even more so than I am Bitcoin. Mm. Because there can't just be one giant out there, right? Like you're not going to have one coin that's like freaking $100,000 and everybody else is like, you know, a thousand or like 10K or 20K. Nah, like everything is going to rise. Um, so like they're dependent on one another in a way. Yeah. They, they, they really are. They're, they're dependent on one another. You keep, look, listen, I love Bitcoin. I do. <laughs> but <laughs> from a percentage, they, I, I think this is a fact. Feel free to fact check me because Rasheed might fact check. I believe that Ethereum on a percentage basis has generated more returns than Bitcoin this year. That's probably right. Oh, okay. I, th- I think that's right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, and then the other thing is like this. It's like, given the money that you have, right, if you're able to buy something at a cheaper price, then over the long term of your investment, you have like, within a certain window of time, you can make more. So yeah. say like, you know what I'm saying? A company goes 1x, 2x, right? If you buy that at a lower price, right, you can, your money will do more for you. But that also goes into why I like altcoins, you know, because of that whole factor. Because mm. it's like, dang, could this be an Ethereum? Could this be a Bitcoin? I wonder oh, why Square has not, um, I wonder why like Cash App hasn't like rolled out other alt currencies. Like a stellar, like you know, because they want to be a bank. 
like I think exactly they're trying to stay on they're trying to stay within the rails and I think what's happened is that's verification that now Bitcoin is now within the lines that people can color like people are no longer coloring outside the lines when they go by Bitcoin that's confirmation right there so we very well and one way to kind of play crypto without having direct exposure to it is through things like Square and PayPal because if crypto goes up more than likely Square will go up so it's very possible that we might see Square hit a $300 strike price within the next 12 to 24 months which is crazy to think about because it was just, it was trading, it was trading around like 50, 60. That's when Twan called it out. I didn't say I didn't believe that that square can go past 120. But he was like, oh, yo, these 120 contracts are cheap right now. And I'm like, yeah, because like square is not going to go to 120 that fast. It was at 50 when we started, 40 or 50 when we started talking about it. Dude. <laughs> And it's now surpassed that. So again, I have to salute you on that, Twan. Uh, you said surpassed it. It's at like one ninety. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's it's Twan, done a four and a half six. Twan, look at one ninety seven right now. How, how much is that twenty twenty two one twenty contract worth right now? That I, and when we say contract, for those out there who don't know, when you're trading derivatives or options, you're just making a bet on the future price of an asset. So you yeah, gotta yeah, look it up. Right, yeah, you keep saying bet, bro. Why oh, you keep saying bet? Because that's what it is. It, it, it really is. It, it, because you said, but you said that with Bitcoin too. You were like, people, you can bet on Bitcoin on uh, with Cash App. I mean, with it's Square. like yo, this I'm is like, investments. <laughs> yeah, this is not betting, bro. <laughs> no, I'm. I'm talking. Um, we're not gamblers, bro. No, no, no. This is what I'm saying. When you're trading a derivative product, you're essentially like making a bet that it's going to hit this strike price by this expiration date. Yes or no? Yeah, it's not gambling, but that's what you're I doing. Agree. I agree with, uh, I agree. When you get into options and stuff like that, because yeah. you put the date there, you know, valuation and valuation and market actualization of what price should be is impossible to time. So in terms of the option stuff, you are in some respects, of course, you are investing, you're doing a combination of trading, but because that time element is there, I, I agree a little bit more with you on that. We don't know. We, we don't know what price, like right now. Yeah, but I mean, the we same saw. could be said for any. Go ahead. What, is it, what were you saying? I was saying like, I see what you're saying, but I feel like the same could be said for just buying a stock, you know what I'm saying? Because we want, and depending on like, you know, when you want to take a return, you know, you have some type of idea in your mind of like when you want to take a profit or at what price. But like, you don't know if that price will actually ever, you know, happen. So you might go, you know, just long in the stock a bet, you feel me? So that's why like, for me, I kind of shy away from that word because <laughs> I feel like it takes away from the science that's going behind this, you know what I'm saying? Like the science, the engineering, all that that goes into all this, you know? So when you, when, when you buy a common stock, the difference is you can be patient and wait for that, that event to happen or that price to happen five, 10 years, right? When you buy an option contract, the maximum time horizon you have on that hitting that price is what, two, two years, maybe. And if it doesn't hit that price, 
And you're going to pay a big premium. Most people trading options are trading a couple months or a month. You yeah. know what I mean? Or they all get them like, That's why you have things like Wall Street bets that came to life. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> all I'm <laughs> saying is that like, if you're an institutional investor and you have to make a certain amount of returns by a certain time, right? You might choose to like buy a stock and, you know, even though, yes, you can hold that stock indefinitely, but you, you still personally have a window of time that like you have to make a certain amount buy and get a certain amount of return. So it's like, I see what you're saying. Maybe it's <laughs> just, just semantics, you know what I'm saying? My mind. Yeah. 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 When, and I try to translate it for people because when you say, oh, I'm trading derivatives, come on, come on. That's why people don't watch, you know, our people don't like to watch CNBC now. Because they're like, what are you talking about? Things just sound so complex. You know what I mean? And look at what happened even in the um, crypto derivatives market. Like, we saw yeah. a record number of contracts traded over the past 24 hours for the 20K strike price. Bitcoin is near its all-time high. And we don't even hear retail talking about it that much right now. No so real. This is being driven by institutional interests. The Google searches, so if you did the Google searches for Bitcoin, yeah. it's a tenth of what it was at the peak of the last cycle. Just, this is crazy, bro. A tenth. A tenth. I got friends hitting me like, yo, I wouldn't have known if you didn't put me on. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even have known that Bitcoin was at this price. So I know it hasn't, it hasn't hit that retail fever. Like, this is institutions. This is Square. This is MicroStrategy. This is Grayscale. Grayscale has 2.5% of all Bitcoin circulation right now. Oh my God, bro. They have 500, they have almost 500,000 Bitcoin. Mm. That is insane when you think about it. In the stock price, for those of you who are trying to figure out, well, how can I play, you know, crypto or get exposure to crypto without touching crypto? Maybe you don't, and you could buy a fraction of a Bitcoin, but for some reason, some people just don't like to do that, right? Or they can't grasp that. You can invest in grayscale Bitcoin trust on the market. Maybe not for you Robin Hooders out there, um, but if you have TD Ameritrade, I know they give you access to that product. And it's, it's almost doubled in price since July. <laughs> the ticker is uh, GBTC. So just think about that. And grayscale has an Ethereum trust, right? I don't know what the, what the value of they that do. is. They do. They have that. They have Bitcoin Cash. They have Litecoin. They have like nine assets yeah. now. Yeah, they have Stellar. I, that's what they I They have mean. Stellar. Yeah, they have they have quite a few. And that and look, Stellar is something I'm I'm about to get invested in Stellar because I've been I've been off. I've been off on that one. I haven't done enough work on that one. It's pretty clear mm-hmm. um, that the institutions are building roads for that. It's pretty clear that they're talking with major, major things for this wave of digital currencies that are happening. Yeah. Um, I, so go ahead, Swan, my fault. It's funny you say that. Like, I told Xavier one day, I was like, you know, Stella's one of those coins that when people are colonizing Mars, people will probably be using Stella in, in, in space and, and on that Mars colony. And Xavier told me I was high. Uh, yo, no, I did. I told you to pass some blunt. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, I did. I'm not going to lie. Um, but... After I saw, after I saw them all come together and break bread at the IMF conference, I said, "Damn, they making some moves behind the scenes." What we, Austin, what you think moves. about Stellar? I'm bro Stellar, man. Okay, 
I'm pro stellar. It's it's a uh, I agree with what you said. It's making moves. Um, and they're like tech stack, their APIs, their SDKs, they are advanced. Um, they got a lot of like developer yeah. support and they've continued to get better. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, I expect to see a lot of third parties linked in with them and just that number increasing, you feel me, which is going to just drive that price up. So they're, they're maturing, you know what I'm saying? They, yeah. they are maturing, you know what I'm saying? And I'm looking at their website now um, and I see like, let me see, who are these? Oh yeah, projects that are built on Stellar. IBM has projects built on built on on Stellar. You feel me? Yeah, I didn't even know that. So no, nah, they they did that deal in twenty seventeen. Damn, during the bull run. And then like yeah. Stellar, Stellar's been targeting like Latin America and Africa. Yeah, they do. They're really big in the remittance space. So yeah. Like, um, Cali. They have like a, a thing called Cali, which is like basically remittance. Uh-huh. In yeah. West Africa, YRX, Visa card, multi-currency card. Yeah, that makes payments in the local currency without exchange fees. You feel me? Crazy. That's the mobile app built on. It's um, MoneyGram. They will be disrupted. Like MoneyGram still makes money, but I I, I look at MoneyGram as you know a thing of the past, very outdated, very predatory, charging insane mm-hmm. fees for. Well, MoneyGram did a deal, a deal with Ripple. Fuck money, man. They're trying to stay. They bent. They trying to stay afloat. They try. They did a deal with Ripple. I think in 2018 or 2019. You don't like Ripple. <laughs> I don't like Ripple. I don't like MoneyGram. Why don't you like Ripple? Tell me that. We don't have time today for me to get into like. <laughs> what did XRP do to you, bro? It's it's trash. It, it's it's really a cripple. That's what I call it. I call it cripple. Like. I'm, I've never like I've never really been a fan of their project. I don't think it's going. You know, a lot of people say Ripple during the last bull run. People were like, "Oh, Ripple's going to go to a hundred dollars." What? That will never happen. <laughs> like bugged out. Like I'm not. I'm not even going to get into it. I, I really don't. Ripple has too much circulating supply for that to happen. Like they have too much circulating supply. They got too many losers that's invested into their project. Um. If I could buy a put on them, I would. Like, after, like that's the easiest token to short during a bull run. Hmm. But do you think that they're gonna go down during the bull run? Because I'm not. I'm no, not I sure. Think, I think. No, that I, think like, I think like other alts, they'll go up. But okay, yeah, yeah. Ripple Long term. Yeah. And let me be clear: Ripple as a company may be doing some some good things. I hear what Ripple you're as a token is garbage water. And that's all I got to say about that. Um, Russia. I can since- second that. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. It's oh, cool. by the way, I just bought some stuff. All right. Good looking out, y'all. No, no, no. Yo, it's, I might buy some more today, too. <laughs> but uh, we saw Russia, Russia's central bank say uh, that COVID is accelerating their interest in central bank dollars, like digital central bank dollars, right? Crazy. And we've been talking about this really since COVID popped off that we're going to see a massive shift. 
Like the landscape is gonna change forever when it comes to money. Yeah. And it's happening right before our eyes. So last week was Iran. This week, you know, we got now Russia talking about, we, well, when I say Iran, they were talking about their Bitcoin strategy for imports. Now we got Russia going into digitizing their currency. They have 6% of the Bitcoin mining power. And then China is coming out with a um, digital uh, wand and they have 65% of the Bitcoin mining. Now, I, I'm not 100% sure of the distribution of Bitcoin, but it seems like, you know, these countries are putting together these digital tokens. And what if countries start backing it with Bitcoin? Like, what does that world look like where people, where central banks buy a Bitcoin and then back their digital do dollar with, or digital currency with Bitcoin like we used to back it with gold? Um, hmm. I don't think everybody's going to be using Bitcoin to, to back their dollar. Like, if I had to guess, and this is like a big what guess. What if they become forced to the trade? Nah. Not to like use it to trade. So... I think just because people do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in an event where it becomes a race to Bitcoin and people recognize it as value, and then some people peg their currency to it. So, like, remember when we went through Bretton Woods in uh, 45, the reason that everybody agreed to tie their, tie their currency to the U.S. dollar is because we had 70% of the gold. And what I'm saying is, like, this time... Instead of having it in a vault where you can start cheating and then go, eventually go off the gold standard, now it's on the blockchain. So people can verify, like countries can verify with one another. I'm just saying, imagine if that ends up being the world, just the acceleration of how fast these countries have come out with digital currencies and the explosion of adoption of Bitcoin and the fact that you have conflict between nations and the nations that the U.S. has conflict with, which is the current system. They have an out if they implement something like this to get other countries on board to trade. So it's like that game theory of like, you don't, you, you know what I mean? Where both sides are kind of forced to make a move. Yeah. And the dollar is just backed by faith of the people. I don't, I don't know, know if people think the dollar is backed by the, you know, Here's my thing with Bitcoin. Is Bitcoin because of standard of the Western world, right? Why should countries, when there's other blockchain that's out there, use Bitcoin and not other things that will be in existence? Uh, yeah, it's possible. I mean, especially since uh, traditionally you've been blocked out. You've been, in, in, in layman terms, you've been hated on by the Western world. Like, that's why I cannot see like Russia being like, yo, we're going to use Bitcoin just for the simple fact that the rest of the Western world is using it. I can see them strictly using Ethereum. Or, or making their own. And I'm like I said, I, I think that they should be making their own. Like countries should make their own blockchains. Oh, they're doing that. They're doing they that. are. They are. Yeah. Like, to, but to your point about like, should they be using Bitcoin? I'm, I feel like no. Like, unless that like, you're politically aligned with other countries that are using Bitcoin a lot, like your central bank digital currency should be like using your own technology, but be able to like talk to others. That's my opinion. Cause like, yeah, no, you know what I'm saying? To your point. Isn't the biggest uh, Ethereum mo um, mining operation in Russia, I believe? Message. 
Yeah. All of these, all of these, <laughs> they all send a message. That's funny because, you know, uh, Australia is exploring their digital currency option on Ethereum. Mm, that I didn't know. Oh, breaking news. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. That was the idea I had where it's like, you know, it's the idea that Bitcoin is scarce, so maybe you back it with yeah. something. But nah, it's, it's so many possibilities. We have no idea. I, I got We're a little still bit. early. All yeah. the stuff that's going to exist doesn't even exist yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, Trump just tweeted, he, in all caps, I won this election by a lot just now yeah just now so and we're live <laughs> um <laughs> this dude is pathetic man <laughs> like re- revisionist history he, he he's going to do y'all think he's gonna have to get uh dragged out of the white house by secret service military Dude, that's what it's looking like son he's going to either new york or federal jail man <laughs> without a doubt I, okay, I don't think they're going to lock. Some um, prison has a, a bed warm for him. The, the thing is, he, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to send him up to Sing Sing? <laughs> Sing Sing, Rikers, yeah. somewhere, man. Right. It, oh, man. If he go to Rikers, it's a wrap for him. <laughs> I mean, he'll probably I think he became he's friends with Wayne, man. He, he, he needs the bloods to look out for him. That's right. <laughs> I, I don't know if he goes to jail, but I think I think Kamala is salivating at the opportunity to go after his whole family and network. And rumor is that Biden may make Hillary Clinton a judge, a Supreme Court judge. Damn. Damn. I mean, so, he don't wants in terms of becoming president, but that's damn close. That might be even better. That's a lifetime appointment. I mean, he could make he could make a, a attorney general. Like, who's gonna who's gonna be the attorney general? Because William Barr, they're gonna get him out the paint, right? So just <laughs> look, look what's happening. Look, look what's nah. happening. I, I don't. The I don't thing know that we need to pay attention to for technology is where's Andrew Yang gonna be in that cabinet? Facts. Why? Facts. Talk about that. UBI. You be that yeah, that oh, kind of decides how things go in terms of crypto with the government. Mm. He's the only person that fully understands the technology. Oh he's, wow. He's one of very few politicians that understands technology. One of very, very few. Yeah. Where which is the reason why, like, they have a lot of tech technology like centered lobbyists in DC. But you don't have too many um, politicians that have technology backgrounds. So you think you think him being placed in that cabinet will be a boom for crypto? Hell yeah. Oh, okay. That's something like that. Right. <laughs> Without a doubt. I didn't even say I, I didn't even I didn't even think about that angle. I was more so thinking about it from the perspective of UBI. And I feel like we are in the spot now to where like I actually don't know if that many different better ideas i feel like things are so bad with how the system is in terms of the money printing the only way you get it is if you have a good banking relationship and most of that is like corporate entities and high net worth individuals so you're literally creating new money and funneling it to the wealthy 
wealthy and that's why the wealth divide is getting bigger. So if you have to stimulate, it's clear you can't do it through the banks. And the only, you know, I, I know there's a lot of uh, drawbacks to just printing money and giving it to people, but it, we're at a point to where things are so extreme. It's like, I don't know if there's another way out. I mean, if they, if they give us more stimulus, right, uh, that is a positive for crypto. <laughs> UBI, like universal basic income, if they just start printing up checks for everybody every month, which some people, I saw, I saw somewhere where they said they hope uh, Joe Joe Biden's dementia kicks in so we can get stimmies every month. <laughs> like what? <laughs> but if that happens, that's just going to be a boom for crypto. I think it probably does happen, and maybe that's why these corporations are positioning themselves now because. You know, we got to future-proof ourselves because if we're just sitting in 100% cash in the U.S. dollar, then we're falling behind. Mm. Automation's accelerating. Faster than we can retrain people. That's I, a great point, Rashid. I was looking at like all the different types of robots that are... Um, like being put in place now, like even just over this year, there's definitely been an acceleration. Um, Cause like they were saying, robots can't get sick. And um, when people, things return back to normal, a lot of those type of jobs that have been automated away, um, they won't be opening back up. Mm. There's some brilliant hacker out there that's uh, gonna find the excess like memory that's not being used on a robot and use it to mine. <laughs> you know, like, that's just gonna be residual income for for Americans. And this is a this is a great point. This is a deeper point. Uh, this is very serious. You think about that automation is accelerating. Like, who are these companies that are behind this? Because that's that's where I want to be. That's everybody, man. That that, that, that that wants to survive and and and. And do well in the future. That's literally everyone. Tesla. No, 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 I get that part. I'm saying, who's making these machines? Like, when I walk into a grocery store, have y'all seen like this? It's big tech. It's why the five companies make up 25% of the market. Yeah. It's, it's this, you know, it's big tech, it's the big corporations. And that's the issue. It's like, okay, well, we've moved into a world where now where business and data is gold. And we have a world where once you have this data, you have this moat and nobody can compete with you. You have all this money to put into manipulating human behavior um, because you have the network and you have the first mover advantage. So now we have a new like paradigm of like, okay, well, if this is how business is running our society now that we have the internet, maybe it's not such a good thing to where these are the only people where stimulus disproportionately helps those who've accumulated the technology first. And we need to find some way to make the technology work for society rather than the technology working for a couple people. I think Andrew Yang understands that, which is why yeah. he was talking about like the tech tax. Because yeah. um, he understands like, you know, eventually you're going to have like certain, uh, what do you call it? Jobs basically get displaced over time because it's just not cost effective anymore. It's cheaper to use automation, robots, computers. 
That means but, a, great, a great chunk of the hospitality industry, you know, may be at risk. I mean, like, why? Why? And you're right. Robots don't get sick. They don't need they, vacation time. They don't need, you know, <laughs> they don't need um, any of that. The they same time, though, we're not at a place yet, though, where technology's fixing technology. So we need somebody back there doing those jobs. But not as many. No, you're right. Robots now that can make pizza. Yeah. You got robots now that can flip burgers. Yeah, look but at the banks. Look at the banks in the past ten years. Look at the future of, <clears throat> of bank tellers. No, you're right. But you're gonna need people that are gonna be able to fix those robots that make pizza just in case they go down. But they'll need a yeah, skill set. Not, yeah. The, this is the issue. The issue is that the, the way that the population is distributed, you have a bunch of people who who are in these manual jobs that are like 50. You know what I mean? Like you have a lot, like tens of millions of people in their 50s and, and uh, late 40s and 60s who don't have the capacity to learn that they've been plumbers for 25 years or not, pl- maybe not plumber because that's hard, but like They've been doing some manual job for 25 years. That They've been driving a bus. You know what I mean? Something like that. And you can't tell them to go now fix computers. Um, you have to figure out something to do with those people, especially given that they're vastly unhealthy in America and they have medical costs and they don't have enough money to retire. You know what I mean? There's just a bunch of societal issues that are coming with this. And you have to keep in mind in that context, the first iPhone came out in 03. I mean, in 07. So that was 13 years ago. And we're talking about, okay, so what, what is five years from now look like? Mm. I, I think, like I said uh, before, I think, I think Andrew Yang is one of very few politicians that understands that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and him, depending on where they put him in the cabinet, because he's gonna, he has to have a seat at that table. He has to, right? Um, that kind of dictates where America, how America moves forward in terms of those issues. Yeah, yeah. nah, you're. I mean, that's why I think I think you're absolutely right. That's why how I even got on this point because I think that'll be really interesting to see because he does I think he does understand it mm-hmm. yeah it's just yeah, you, you're right you can't retrain a certain part of society it's too late like we saw Rick Santorum a couple days ago a couple nights ago who said you know what we need to do we need to take those people who are cashiers we're going to make them coders in six months. That's not reality. So when you say... It's definitely not. Definitely not. Maybe for 20-year-olds, maybe for 30-year-olds, but people in their late 40s and early 50s... It's a wrap. No. You've now been automated away. You're expendable. And, like, that's why I feel like I really want... This is, I mean, this is what I'm going to do, but also I wish this for more people that we would go back to like farming, you know what I'm saying? And more of an agricultural based life because as all these things automate away, we come down to the point, okay, how do people 
you know, provide for themselves? And to me, the answer is, it really goes back to like land ownership, which is, which is hard, which is a stretch, but it's doable. Um, but people got to get back to farming because at the end of the day, like with one piece of land and farming, like you can provide food for yourself and you can have meaningful work to do every day. And um, that can be the saving grace for a lot of people because you can have a fulfilling life, um, a healthy life, a long life, just by, you know, working the land. And um, like, that's the question, like, what are all these people gonna do? You know what I'm saying? Like, where are they gonna work? Like, we gotta really go back to those things that we used to do. Um, and it will be in our interest, really. And I hope that like, even people who, um, whose jobs aren't being automated away, who still, you know, they are in technology or they are in these type of fields that are advancing. I really hope that they, consider those type of options more so too because there will be a time as things continue to advance that um even the jobs that are popping now will not will no longer be popping you know what i'm saying like possibly web development you know what i'm saying like as that gets automated or whatever they're obviously coding for like these high-tech systems but some of the lower it jobs lower skill level it jobs will definitely be automated yeah I've always said, if you want to future-proof yourself, you better know how to build it, sell it, or design it. Everything else can wipe you away. Period. <laughs> and that's the unfortunate reality. But Rick Santorum, like, that was a bozo comment. Like, because it's not, it's just, it just cannot happen that way. Software is eating the world. Software is eating our money now. So we just encourage everybody that's out there to just wake up and see what's happening around them. Because in the next 10, 20 years, like if you have kids, like, like you said, I was in like the industries that may be uh, valuable today may not be the industry that's valuable tomorrow. Look at all, everybody in Detroit, but shout out to Detroit. Shout out Detroit. <laughs> There was a time where people thought, man, I'm, I'm moving to Detroit because I'm going to have a job for life working at GM, you know, automakers. And what happens? Elon Musk comes through with the electrification of vehicles. And now he's selling Tesla tequila. Right? And he, he, he does what he wants. And people are caught off guard. And they said, well, it never happened. We're still 50 years away. Tesla started in the mid-2000s, right? And now we're seeing all these companies roll out hybrid vehicles, you know, electric vehicles. Moore's Law. It's exponential. Expound more on that for people out there who don't, who may not be familiar with that. Oh, the amount of transitors doubles every 18 months. So, like, that's just the, it's the rate of technology advancing is exponential. Yeah. So, like, the, cur the curve is exp it's an exponential curve. It's not linear. Like, human minds, we think linear. And things that are exponential are hard to wrap our minds around. Yeah. So, that's why how fast technology evolves always seems to surprise us when we look up five years. That's true. 
I was just talking like if you've seen the, the Netflix uh, series Dave Chappelle, watch watch the Chappelle show, and that was like oh four oh five, and just look at the quality of what you're looking at versus what you see on TV today. In yeah. terms of like picture quality, technology, you know, just technology. It's fifteen years. It looks like if you if you showed that to somebody who was like 14, 13 years old, they would have thought it was like forty years ago. True. Just because of the cameras that they're used to having in their pocket with their iPhone. Yeah. Like the the quality of what you can shoot. You know what I mean? Like if you just do that experiment, and that'll tell you what you need to know about where we'll be ten years from now. You can't even imagine. Man, I mean, look at, there was a time where uh, you couldn't video record on your iPhone. <laughs> now they got like four or five different lenses on your phone now. Shit happens fast. That was, like you said, first iPhone dropped 13 years ago. Yeah. That's less so, than a decade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same way, like, our, you know, a lot of our parents didn't think much of the Internet. They said right. the Internet was a fad. Right. And now and now the, and now your phone is, you know, is is gone from just the basic function of the iPhone. It's your calendar. It's your LinkedIn. It's your Instagram. It's your Facebook. It's your camera. It's your email. It's your podcast. It's your YouTube. It is everything. And all of that is connected to the Internet. And that started in that journey to being that just started 13 years ago. That's fucking crazy. That's crazy. And we, we see the same thing happen for crypto. Everybody's calling crypto a fad. Yep, yeah. They're sleeping on it, right? The same way people in the early 90s slept on it. And what ended up happening? A huge swath of people got left behind and, could, and never made the transition to the internet-based economy. The same thing is going to happen. At least I, I tend to think this, right? Again, I'm no prophet. But I believe the same thing is going to happen. We're going to have a huge swath of people that got left behind the transition from fiat currencies to digital currencies. And those who position themselves now will be better off 10, 15 years from now and can dictate their fate Versus those who were left behind. And now, you know, I hate to say, excuse my language, they fucked. Mm. That's how I feel about oil and alternative energy. Mm. But I, I brought this up last week about how, like, I think Texas has the potential to be the next Detroit. Detroit, as we spoke about earlier. You know, Texas? That was, yes. That would be scary, man. Yes. And uh, the reason why is like... How do you see that happening? I mean, is there... Uh, is Texas economy really that dependent on oil? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's exactly why. Like, Texas is oil. Yeah. No, I know that's that. all no, they're known for. I know that, but I thought it was more so like the rural parts, right? No. Oh. Everything in Texas is built on oil. It's based off of oil money. Even the technology, mm-hmm. like Austin is yeah. known for for, te- for technology, but Austin became a hub for oil before that. Yeah. So, so Texas like, has 30 million people in it. I didn't realize how big Texas was, but that would not be good. If you take away oil, which 
that's what they're all invested in. Like that's what a lot of people have their jobs in. Like you have a lot. What of do you think cool. happens to that economy? I think Still, Texas might flip blue like Georgia in four four to eight years. Them flipping blue blue will probably be one of their best things because then they'll have people that are actually interested in bringing tech jobs, more tech jobs there because they know. Yeah. Well, they have no state income tax. And you're right. The wealthiest person in Texas um, is from oil money. It's all oil wealth, man. Next to that, probably IBM, because IBM is also based out of Texas. But hey, they don't. The facility in Deloitte's there too, right? Like yeah. you have some financial services. All right. The Mavericks are there. Mark Cuban. The Mavericks. <laughs> the Mavericks. The Mavericks ain't giving out jobs like those little, those little companies, buddy. No, no, you're right, son. You're right, son. I didn't even think about that. That's a pretty bold claim, but damn, it, it, it could definitely happen. And that would be scary just because when you, when you look at a city like Houston versus Detroit, at like apples and oranges, right? Like... Like that, that's that. No, that, that's pretty scary to, to even think about. And the, the, the people who are going to be left catching the, the, you know, the short end of the stick are the young people. So we might have to retrain a bunch of Texans. Same way we, we, we saw a generation of people who only knew how to work on cars. But what happened to them? They got automated away by the robots. Like, if I had a kid right now, I'd be like, listen, check this out. Either you're going to go into robotics or you're going to, you know, you're going to learn how to, you know, go into uh, finance. And even then, that's getting automated away. So wealth management. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to be teaching the next generation how to interact and live with computers. For the, net, for the global economy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, my kid, like, you need to learn about crypto. You need to learn everything about crypto. You need to understand how this technology works. Because all I will want to do is prepare you for the economy of tomorrow, not today. And that's, that's the mistake a lot of our um, academic institutions make they train you for the economy of today and not tomorrow right even even uh, people who make stock picks they're looking at shit that is great today but not what's gonna what's gonna shift the chessboard going forward if you talk to if you if you actually pull up um, video of like CNBC from like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, people were recommending stocks that don't even, companies that don't even exist anymore. Broker. Wait. Uh, <laughs> What's that? What are you talking about? <laughs> right? Well, we, we, we're seeing the, the death of cable happen. Shout out to the Roku. <laughs> Shout out to Roku. That was... We're going to talk more about Roku later <laughs> in the episode, but like, shout out to Roku. But this is what, this is what we're seeing. We, we're seeing companies, you know, 10 years ago, they were recommending Comcast. I don't want to own Comcast right now. 
Why? For what? So you got to, you, I think about the future, man. You got to think longevity. Pharmaceutical companies are about to get ate up by these cannabis companies. And that's why they're spending the most lobbying dollars on blocking them. Compass Pathways. We saw, we saw a few cities in states over the uh, past 12 months decriminalize mushrooms and psychedelics. Compass Pathways are building therapeutic drugs based on, you guessed it, psychedelics. I think this is when augmented reality becomes more bigger, too. People don't want to live in this world. Yeah. Wow. Yep. That's where we're headed. I would love I would love to see job training goes going to augmented reality so you don't have to actually physically go into a workplace. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's where we're going. <laughs> I feel like that's where we're going. No, that's, that's definitely where we're going. Especially yeah. since people are not gonna be able to afford anything anymore. Damn. So uh, that's probably gonna be it. Like you you're living in this uh this world where since you can't afford anything, the the things that you can't afford won't really be real. Yeah. The shit is bugged out when you think about it. And look at the earnings for uh Take Two Interactive. They're the uh creator of games like you know, NBA 2K. A lot of their money comes from people who live all day in this virtual world playing on a virtual basketball court, buying virtual goods. They're already training you for this world, whether you realize it or not. Yeah. They're training you to live out your virtual life. Because if you have universal basic income and you're not working, you're not a productive citizen of society or whatever. All right, here you go. Here's your (laughs) digital avatar. (laughs) Dress it up. We'll give you enough money to feed yourself. Yes. Send send that to work. That could be your work, buddy. Then you could talk to your your coworkers on there. We're not that far off. We're really not that far off. A Ready Player One type world. For anybody who has never seen Ready Player One, please go rent. It's a movie. Yes. Yeah. It's a book. It's originally a book. It's a book. Is a they, they have a they have a movie version. Yes. Yeah. They do. All right, I'm gonna do that tonight. Watch that. Where, uh, where can you watch it? Amazon, uh, Prime oh, yeah. Video. There's right. quite plenty of places you can rent it from. But like, listen, that movie that is what made me realize why things like Decentraland and Sandbox and these emerging companies that are building virtual worlds are going to be king five to ten years from now. It was that movie. I saw the movie. I told Twan, I said, my G, I just saw a movie that blew my mind. He was like, oh, you got to read the book. Yeah. And then when I read the book, I immediately started obsessing over virtual worlds, virtual economy. No, you did. You did. But, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm telling people. Like, please go watch that movie if you, have, if you haven't seen it. We're not getting paid for this endorsement or anything like that. 
that movie will really open up to your mind into where the world is headed. This person put on their headset. Remember, I think he he developed a digital relationship. Yeah, he did. Which people already do now. Like what? You I have feel online like, dating. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, now, I feel, now they have the uh, video calls and mm-hmm. the online dating sites. So didn't know, I, I, I don't want to spoil the movie. So just please go watch it. But he developed an affinity for a girl that he didn't really know what she looked like in real life. He fell in love with her virtual self. And there so, are many people out there that's going to do that. So they're going to go buy virtual flowers. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to set up a virtual 1-800 flower shop in these virtual <laughs> Yo, man, there's, there's money to be made. I, so like, I feel like society Damn. has slowly been introduced to these concepts and the technology has been getting better and better with time. So eventually society is going that route socially where they're doing most of their interactions online. And a big push towards that was COVID, man. When you have people that are straight up having COVID parties in their house, digital. Yeah. And then now like you have um, watch apps such as, uh, or streaming apps such as Hulu and Netflix, where you and your friends can watch the same thing at the same time. So like, I, I naturally see like, you know, the world, making that transition and going that way. Like I, I have a friend. Um he's old he's older than me. He's in his forties. And he met his wife on AOL chat. Mm. Like that was a long time ago. <laughs> like, and the barriers for that working were a lot higher. Think about that. Yeah. Somebody so people have had the desire to do this, but now they'll actually be able to get a holiday like not now, but sometime soon. Yeah. Meaning, like within a generation, they'll have a whole hologram, and and that, you know, that technology is becoming more and more affordable. That's going to be some interesting plays, especially if you can find those companies now that are doing that type of stuff. You know who might do it? Live Nation. They're publicly traded too. Mm. And remember, I think it was the the Saudis. Somebody made a massive investment in the Live Nation. Look up Live Nation uh, stock. See what price is at. I think they had made a massive uh, investment in Live Nation um, around like the market lows. Oh, it's 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 fifty six dollars. Okay, and what was it back um, in April? Uh, let me pull that up. Breaking news: Joe Biden's president. Word. Oh, oh. This is according to Yahoo. Oh, okay. Uh, it was thirty thirty eight dollars in April, but thirty eight dollars said that the Joe Biden, Saudi Arabian public investment fund invested a half a billion dollars into Live Nation at the end of April. Damn! So they're already up, and yes, uh, I just got the Bloomberg notification. The AP projects that Joe Biden will be the next U.S. president. After yo, I just heard the the white people at my my farmers markets cheering. Yo, there we go. Okay. Oh man. Woo. Everybody was was working together on that one. But pay attention to Live Nation, man. Like they didn't put a half a billion there for no reason. Because they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to shift now. They're gonna have to get people comfortable with these virtual worlds and concerts. Because it doesn't seem like live entertainment is gonna make a comeback 
uh, for at least another year. Damn. Two eighty four. Hold up, hold yo. This is a day. What happened? Joe Biden won Pennsylvania. He won Pennsylvania. Oh, it's a wrap then. Yeah, that's all he needed. They're gonna do and a he's out in Georgia, but and they wait. Hold on. I don't even think Nevada has announced yet, right? They're moving slow. They count. No. What are at Worldwide Tacos? He got the 20 electoral votes for Pennsylvania. He might, he possibly can get uh, Georgia and he can possibly get, that's a blowout. Yeah. People are honking in the street now, man. That's crazy. Well, with that, <laughs> I think we talked about yeah. what's going on the watch list, right? <laughs> that, that is the watch list. Outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now let's see how things look because we might see civil unrest. We're already seeing it. The um, the Trumpers are showing up to... And the it's the weekend. Places. They're attacking people. They're going at it. You got Biden supporters or Trump supporters. They're being tribal. They're acting like Crips, right? And Bloods. Like, yo, it's... Saturday. Hey, yo. Saturday, <laughs> Saturday at 11. Yo, seven, Saturday at 11. Why? Yo. People have nothing better to do. Oh, and if you're in an open, we have nothing better to do tonight. If you're in somewhere like uh, Georgia, where Atlanta's wide open, oh, the parties tonight are going to be insane. (laughs) I can guarantee. So, uh, I mean, yeah, outside of, (laughs) you know, do you do on due diligence? Check out a couple of plays, Compass Pathways. The ticket is uh, CMPS. Palantir is another one that's on my list. I'm thinking about taking a position there. Cause they have lower cost software and I think this is a good entry price uh, for me though, not investment advice. Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, uh, Cosmos is another one cause they, they're offering staking and I feel like for crypto, people are gonna go towards the things they can gain interest off of. So that might play a role into their investment psychology, but that, that's what I got on my watch list. What about y'all? Bro, outside, I just said it. Yeah, I'll see you. <laughs> no, I'm 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 actually dead serious. That's my watch. This is crazy. I'm down now. I got the uh, I got word from Wall Street Journal app on my phone as well. So you know, now my phone is blowing. Uh, it's it's Saturday at basically noon. Yeah, and they just announced the election results after the you know Trump has basically said this this is cheat. If they take this, we need to protect Yo. this. So now you have people you know who over the past few days have been doing stuff, and now it's the weekend. So Ooh. yeah. It's uh, his meltdown on Twitter is going to be insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> he might start tweeting every five seconds. See? Yo, like, he's going to bug out. Uh, all right, man, with that, like, yeah, like we, we can wrap, man, let's wrap this up. Yeah, uh, let's wrap that up. Unless you really have something that's wrong. You have something yeah. on your watch list besides the, besides right. the horns. If the I had to put on. something on my watch list real quick, I'd probably say Facebook. I know that sounds trash and crazy, but... For some reason, I think now that uh, Biden's in the White House, Facebook might get a little boom. But uh, they, I mean, they might try to rein in big tech. We never know. Possibly. Right? We, we're not sure. Uh, but yeah, for everybody out there, remember, like, investing in stocks, crypto involves great risk. Like, this podcast is only for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for financial advice. Please holler at a financial licensed financial advisor before you purchase or sell any security we just here for free game conversation and education and with that we out
the homies steaming out. Back, 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 and the beam is out. Seems as our plans to get a grant to go off the college and pan or even out. We need it now, we need a town. We need a place to pitch, we need a mound. Now I'm just a lazy boy, daydreaming in my lazy boy. Clouds of smoke and playing is Marvin. Mama, forgive me, should be thinking about Harvard. But that's too far away, niggas are starving. Nothing wrong, but ain't just gotta change the target. I got dreams of bagging Snittle the size of pillows. I see pies every time my eyes glittle. I see rides, sixes, I gotta get those.